When one of Miller Coors' biggest competitors went on the attack with the New York Times op-ed, they brewed up a new way to tell their side of the story. The ability to own a conversation you didn't start has been one of the biggest shifts in the world of communications. That's Pete Marino, CCO at Miller Coors, and my guest on today's episode of the Arthur W. Page New CCO Podcast, where we'll explore what it takes to be a next-gen CCO. I'm Stacey Tank, CCO at The Home Depot. Today, I'm talking with Pete about how Miller Coors took a traditional media moment and transformed it into an opportunity to use their own channels to shape the conversation. Pete, as a former member of the beer industry myself, I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Stacy. It's great to be here. Tell me the story about Sam Adams founder Jim Cook's op-ed in the New York Times. What did he write? What was that all about? So Jim is well-known in the industry, not only for being the founder of one of the darlings of the American craft beer movement, but he's also a bit of a raconteur, if you will, and he likes to throw bombs out there from time to time that kind of advance his own agenda. So a couple of weeks ago in the New York Times, Jim put out a post. It went online late on a Friday night that said that the, uh, the craft beer renaissance or movement might be dead basically because big brewers were now getting involved in the category. And he wasn't attacking Miller Coors per se, but he was attacking the larger beer movement and what the fine work that a lot of larger brewers do. And so we took significant uh, issue with it. And we had a choice to make in terms of how we wanted to respond, if at all. But we knew it was going to get more coverage beyond just the New York Times. We relaunched our blog about 18 months ago to really focus on stories of our people and talk about our company and its heritage and so on and so forth. But we wanted to start thinking about how we can create our own news channel. And we thought the blog was a good vehicle to do that. And Jim Cook's op-ed gave us the perfect opportunity to launch it. So rather than draft an op-ed of our own that we might want to submit to the New York Times as a retort, which could take anywhere from several days to several weeks to even several months, we thought about immediately responding to it through this blog channel. And so over the weekend, myself and Jim Arndorfer on my team, we started to talk about what our response message would be, how we want to counter certain of Jim's arguments. And we put this blog post out there on Monday morning following his op-ed. So uh, the beer industry was just kind of waking up on Monday, getting back to uh, a weekend of hopefully selling and drinking a lot of beer. And there was our response. And our response got a lot of attention, just like Jim's blog got a lot of attention. And we created the discussion, which is exactly what we wanted to do. And then that response actually created a story in Fortune magazine that was written by John Kell that kind of talked about Jim's original points, our counterpoints, and then kind of left it open to the reader to see where is it all going. But we were able to insert ourselves in a story and actually start driving our point of view based on how we responded to something that Jim Cook created. What I love that you did was you took a theme around transparency and you used digital technology to make transparency the unlock to get your story out there and to tell your side and to shift the conversation. Can you talk a little bit more about how you see digital being critical to the transparency theme that's going on in beer right now? 
Stacey, one of the things I think is very interesting going on at the moment that I think is part and parcel been created by what's going on coming out of Washington, D.C., is you have this whole notion of fake news. And what has really been created is creating some doubts or casting uh, questions in readers' minds about the origin of a story, the influence of a story, how that story is being created and, and what the bias of the reporter may be. And so one of the things that we've been spending a lot of time thinking about as a result of what's going on there around fake news is in a strange way, I think, done correctly and done transparently, a company's own news channel, when they're creating their own channel, creating their own content, and putting it out there the right way, very clearly from their perspective, I actually think some readers may find that to be more authentic and more credible because they know when they're reading it exactly who's writing it and what they're trying to influence or get across, as opposed to all these other stories that get passed along digitally and have different people on Twitter put their own perspective on it. Well, it's like the old game of telephone. Pete, when you relaunched your corporate blog, I think you imagined it as a place where you wouldn't just be putting out press releases, but it would become a hub for people in the industry to go to figure out what was going on with key issues. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So one of the things we are trying to do with the blog is to insert ourselves into conversations that are important to us as a company and that are going on in the American beer business. We made a very specific decision around our blog, not to have some generic name or not to have some name that is, we're hiding our association with it. Our blog is at www.millercoresblog.com. We will put out our point of view on certain topics there. And so what we're trying to do is create our own content on our own channel in a very transparent way. And if people want to engage in it, and if they want to listen to us, terrific. But make no mistake about it, it is Miller Coors' perspective on what's going on in the American beer business. Our blog is written by a former news reporter. So it was very important for us to not only have the right tone and the right style with a reporter's nose behind it, but it is also not just about Miller Coors. It is very intentionally about the industry. And so as part of that, we are trying to not only provide information and stories about how our portfolio is doing, how certain marketing programs or sales programs may be uh, doing in the marketplace, but then also to shape the narrative around the industry. And so we are trying to bring a level of objectivity to it as much as possible under the guise of, yes, this is coming from Miller Coors. But we're ultimately trying to shift the narrative around something in the American beer business that is uh, kind of aligned with what we're trying to accomplish as a business. Tell us more about that. For example, craft brewers are starting to get into aluminum can packaging when they used to only be in drafter bottles. They're premiumizing, if you will, or mainstreaming some of their brands and packs with this package. We wrote a story about it. We talked, we shared some very specific examples of price points that certain large crafts are doing behind this package. And about a week and a half later, one of the major trades in the American beer business wrote a story about the proliferation of 15-pack can packaging. Without our blog, I don't think we would have been able to create that story or influence that story to the degree with which we did. It's so interesting that you're using a former journalist to champion your blog, to bring real journalist perspective. How is that working out in terms of advancing the type of content that you're publishing? It's working out great, Stacey. I think the best communications people act as internal reporters already. It's working out in a very positive way for us because I think it gives our blog the right tone. And I think it gives our blog a better chance to succeed in terms of how people want to engage in that content. 
Let's talk about MCTV. What is it? Who runs it? How does it work? MCTV was a new video channel we created a couple years ago. We were spending a lot of time and sending a lot of text-laden emails to our system. And when we did our surveys of the applicability of these emails, we saw it going down over time because our field system, our distributors, these guys are getting inundated with information. So we challenged ourselves to think about a way to dial up the impact of the communications we were sending to them. And so it's almost like going from uh, print to video back in, you know, the 1950s. We created a digital channel called MCTV. Uh, We send two to three videos out a week that are anywhere from 90 to 120 seconds. They do a great job of bringing in a lot of different voices from throughout our company and throughout our system. We hired a former producer from uh, CNBC to kind of own the channel, somebody who is very literate in creating video content, somebody who understands how to cogently tell a story. And the impact of our communications has gone up dramatically as a result. So we have this brewing lab here behind me where we teach homebrewing classes. It started out really as an internally focused piece for our employees and our distributors. And now it's been so well received. And with the proliferation of technology through our system, with our sales force having iPads, when they go in to sell to retailers, they can dial up one of these videos that we do a good job of cataloging and use that in their selling ability in the moment. So if we're selling in a program around Miller Lite, well, they can dial up a 120-second video and have the retailer not only hear what they're saying verbally, but then also see it come to life with a 120-second video. And it's been a huge success for us, and it's something that the communications department takes a lot of pride in. It's amazing. It sounds like you're approaching the holy grail of communications, which is what we're all aspiring towards, getting to a real sales ROI measure. It's very cool. One of the things we talk a lot about in our communications department, aside from having a nose for news and asking our people to act like reporters, but I think we talk about the idea that one of your eyes needs to be a microscope and the other eye needs to be a telescope. And what I mean by that is your microscopic eye is dealing with issues in the here and now. The telescopic eye needs to kind of look out on the horizon, spanning for opportunities and making sure that we're trying to keep our company and our brands out of problems. And what digital tools allow us to do is it allows us to enter into a conversation in the here and now in real time and respond to something like the Jim Cook op-ed. But it also allows us to start framing up a larger discussion that we want to get to maybe a few weeks or a few months out, and we can start seeding conversations that we want to get to that we know are going to become bigger issues down the road. So it's a very interesting time to be in communications because you've got these platforms and you've got these channels that are now available to us to really influence in ways that 10, 15 years ago weren't as prevalent. How have you seen the communications space evolve over that time, and where are we going? Obviously, the speed of communications has changed dramatically. The social nature of communications has dramatically changed. But I think the biggest thing that I've noticed over the years is how much and how important communications is on the C-suite agenda. The the amount of time that, that a CEO thinks about communications and reputation management today versus the mid-90s or in the 2004 timeframe has dramatically changed. And one of the things that's always in the back of my mind as a CCO is Warren Buffett's quote that it takes 20 years to build a reputation and it takes five minutes to destroy one. Well, one of the things that's happened today is I think it actually takes about five seconds to destroy one. So the amount of time that companies have to react in the moment 
to stories that they're facing or to pressures that they're facing and to do it the right way and with transparency has dramatically shifted. And the impact that communications has on the overall business from the board level to the CEO's office on down has dramatically shifted, making, I think, our jobs and our roles even more important than they've ever been. Pete, that's such a great insight. important do you think it is to have a system or systems in place to bring your campaigns to life in the digital space? It's very important. I think you need systems and you need a strategy. What we do is we write three stories about the business on an ongoing basis as part of our strategic workshopping. We write the current story and we write that as if we were going to see it in the Wall Street Journal. What would an objective reporter write about our business? Then we write a desired future narrative, and it kind of shows a utopian view of what we want the world to be like about our business. And then we write an unintended consequences story, and that's usually the bad story. And when we share that with our senior leaders, as you can imagine, they all gravitate towards, I want that desired future story. And I do not want the unintended story to happen. That would be a really bad thing for us all. And so then we use that to say, as our map, we say, here's where we are currently, the current story. And in order to get more towards this desired future narrative, here are the things we need to do. Here are the stories we need to go shape and create. And here are the messages we need to go send across our employee base, our distributors, and ultimately our consumers. How do you measure the impact? And what does that mean both from a reputation standpoint as well as for your bottom line? Well, we spend a lot of time surveying our employees and our distributor customers about how we are doing, how are communications efforts uh, impacting them, are we getting them the information that they need, and then ultimately, are they believing in our mission and our aspiration? So confidence in leadership, confidence in our business and our brands is something that we measure ourselves against on an ongoing basis. And we can see as those confidence measures shift over time, so we do our own surveying, and then there's this independent third party that has a lot of credibility in the business that does a survey as well. And so we match those things up together, and that kind of provides a good roadmap, if you will, for things that we need to focus on out of the communications department. These new digital platforms allow us different kinds of ways to measure engagement. How are you doing it at Miller Coors? Well, I can tell you we spend a lot of time measuring things. My, my CEO is a former CFO. I would say he's a reformed CFO. And uh, one of the things he holds on to is a line he says often that if you treasure it, you measure it. So we have to constantly prove out um, platforms that are working. For MCTV, for example, we will spend a lot of time analyzing open rates. We will spend a lot of time then looking at various pieces of those videos that people like more versus less when they're turning a video off or are they seeing it all the way through. On our blog, we can measure things like pass-along value. We can look at where that conversation has taken us. Uh, We'll do word clouds and things like that. But we absolutely spend a lot of time measuring the work that we're doing. And and I have a a twice-a-year conversation with my boss very specifically about how our platforms and tools are performing. But then on an ongoing basis, almost on a weekly basis, uh, he will come into my office and say, I thought that was a really good video, for example. What did the system think? And we'll have that conversation. I love that. If you treasure it, you measure it. That would make a great business t-shirt. In a perfect world with unlimited resources, what do you wish that you had available to you? That's a great question, Stacy. And I have thought about that a lot over the last couple of months. And my best answer to you would be a cadre of reporters. I think the ability to find great writing talent who is looking for 
places to land coming out of journalism as newsrooms continue to shrink. I love having conversations with reporters that say, you don't have to give up journalism just because you're coming in to work inside for a company. You are still going to be a journalist. We're still going to ask you to do your job to report on a business. But yes, you are going to be coming inside and working for a company. But having the ability to have a fleet of writers, as I think more companies are going to get into owning their own content, and I think as we're looking to evolve our ownership of our own content, having a variety or even more reporters at our disposal to help us down that path is something that I would most desire. You've talked a lot about the exciting new platforms that you've been driving, MCTV, your corporate blog. Share with us something that's coming up on the horizon that you're really excited about. Yeah, one of the fun things we're doing right now is we're actually making a documentary about beer and about brewing. Uh, The current title is called Brewmaster, and the inspiration for the movie was the 175th anniversary of Pilsner Urkel, which is a beer that was uh, created in Pilsen in the Czech Republic, and it was the first golden lager that was created. Beer before that time was very dark and murky, and in the Czech Republic, they created this beer that became Pilsner Urkel, and it created a movement. We're using that movement to kind of celebrate the impact that this particular beer had on what's become a global phenomenon across beer. And we're telling that story through the eyes and the other stories of very well-known brewmasters. And it's a very kind of a nuanced selling opportunity for us because the Pilsner Kell role in the movie is not really beating you over the head with it. It's very subtle, but it did create what's become the modern brewing movement over the course of almost the last 200 years. And it's just a fun thing that we've been able to create out of our communications department. And we're looking forward to seeing where that goes. That's really exciting. I love all the small brewer stories of entrepreneurship and how these brands came to life. Sounds like it's going to be an amazing documentary. I can't wait to see it. Pete, that was a lot of fun. You're doing amazing work at Miller Coors. Thanks for taking the time to share it with us. Thank you, Stacy. It was a great time, and I appreciated being with you. That's all for this episode of the new CCO Podcast. We hope you'll join us again. 